It sounds like your audio was coming through your earpods. It is. It is, and that's the best I've got right is now. Is this the setup? I'm sorry. It's all right. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm a consistent distance. <laughs> and I have different audio, so inconsistent. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, gentlemen, how are we? How is everyone? Uh, Brett, do you want to... I know you've gone first every time ever. Nah, it's okay. Uh, but do you want to explain why you sound the way you sound? Oh, it's a general state of being, Steve. <laughs> it's going to be hard to explain. Uh, I am on a little kind of mini work trip slash getaway to Animal Trades again. And I'm coming to you from her... Uh, bedroom slash studio and on earpod mics. So apologies for any kind of audio issues that I may have. Uh, but I'm out here to do a little photo shoot work thing with Dovetail, or at least that's the game plan. Like we're all still kind of waiting to see how this all pans out. But um, focus is mostly going to be on Jess and Anne, anyways, with showing some new lines of clothing. And then I was supposed to also kind of be what's the joke that I, was, I am also here. <laughs> that's the that's the other aspect of it. But uh, Anne's mom is in town, too, who also wears a bunch of dovetail stuff. So we had a meeting with them this morning and they, you know, they're keen on basically just having a photographer show up and then taking photos of everything. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm out here and we should have a, a pretty fun few days or maybe like a week. We'll see. Uh, working on the school or helping Anne with some things, obviously some blacksmithing just to keep playing and getting her more comfortable in the forge space that we're continuing to work on for her. Yeah. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, prior to the trip, I was working on my uh, big project for John that I've talked about, the big tentacles. And I know I shared a couple of photos and, and process and progress things on those. Got a hell of a lot of... Um, parts made so now it's a lot of welding and and the finishing fabrication stuff before i can go through some more heat and beat processes just to texturize it make it look all nice but that's turning out to be really well and i think is the largest project i may have ever made like single shot i'm gonna put them in my truck and deliver them so i think it's the biggest project i've done to date blimey what bigger than um uh what what's the thing i'm trying to say the table i think so just because like the table weighed 100 pounds or something yeah. you know 150 pounds but it was still two foot by five foot there are two yeah, seven foot long tentacles each of which are going to weigh 150 pounds just based on the pieces that we've got made up yeah and they might end up weighing a little bit more, and they're definitely going to weigh more once I get them on site because I, I specifically made them using pipe for the last few sections so that we could fill them with sand to create that low center of gravity. Like, we're going to hard mount them in uh, and be bolted, but I just wanted it to be kind of, like, packed tight there so there was no option for it to, like, bend forward. You know, it's going to be kind of solid in there with the sand. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's... Uh, it's going to be a big, big project by the time I get done. And the amount of parts and pieces I have for it are just bonkers. At least the tree table was, like, kind of manageable. This is fucking gigantic. Nice. 
Yeah, so I'll go back in town and finish those, and then uh, the idea would be to deliver them to the restaurant slash on-site, which is up in Monterey again. Uh, so that'll be like a nine-and-a-half-hour delivery drive to go and hopefully put them up, and then I would like... The, the game plan is that I go up there and deliver them, and the cooks would sort out how to actually make something on them while I'm there so we can take photos and nice. do all that. Sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, side note, I definitely need to send you uh, Bonkers by Dizzy Rascal because this is the second week in a row that you said Bonkers. Bonkers. Instantly put that song in my head. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to seeing how they turn out because, yeah, that... That sounds like a big-ass project. Um, Same. Yeah. You know how cool it is to uh, cold cold press a bunch of... Oh, look. I found a tick on my leg for the Yay. audio listeners. It is tick season out here. And oh, by golly, are there so, issues with checking your body for ticks so all the time. Mo- moving away from <laughs> parasites. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that sounds great. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of parasites, uh, Al, what have you been up to? Oh, that dizzying heights of Paris. Um, so <laughs> this week I finally got my climbing instructor's license approved. Hey, hey. Um, after many months of waiting patiently um, and the... The scouting organisations, um, penchant for paparazzi, um, and just yeah, worth bastards not <laughs> just basically just pressing a button on the internet that says yes, yes, yeah. he's, he's not a sex offender and he can climb. <laughs> Let him be a fucking climbing instructor. Um, so that's now done and dusted, uh, which we then celebrated on Monday with a non-monarchic themed climbing party. That had nothing to do with the Jubilee. It was <laughs> definitely just about climbing and eating uh, sausages, um, which had all the cubs and the scouts and the beavers all there. A little bit of archery, a little bit of running around in the forest, doing some treasure hunting, and some climbing on the climbing wall, which was super nice. Um, awesome. And then today, I've just gotten back from a little journey down to the Peak District, where I visited the... Um, auto body repair shop who is painting the sculpture for me for work and i know what you're thinking that was seven months ago that you took that down there and you're right that's yeah. how long it's taken them um i went down there today and was filming in the paint booth which is super nice, nice. so i went in there mm. suited up took a couple of cameras in and just watched them lay a couple of coats of uh super high gloss um 2k pack down and it was it nice. looks incredible um, mm-hmm. so obviously awesome, the work we've done Carol helped me prep it, building the 3D model, taking it, you know, and now actually seeing it come to life and be sort of homogenized. It looks stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is they couldn't they couldn't bake it, so I couldn't take it away because it's plastic and 3D printed. Yeah. So if they tried to bake it, it'd probably melt. Um, so I've got to go down again in a week and, and pick it up. So there, that's me. Nice. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good deal, I, man. I... Uh... Have you got any photos of what it actually looks like? Yeah, well, I, I was going down there to film, so that I've got video and photos. Sweet. Nice. Uh, send, me, send me photos. I want to see. Um, Don't send me anything. I could care less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of photos, um, I just asked this in the, the yes, in chat. Yes, Steve, you've not Good. talked about the thing. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
as has is kind of uh an ongoing theme this year um i've not really done much this week in terms of making stuff like literally all i do at the moment is is work um the electric is still off in the workshop um i did manage to get over to mum and dad's um during the bank holiday times um and uh helped clear out or help help and dad clear out a load of stuff um Oh, 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 sorry, can I just, and I, I went to the tip like six times. <sighs> Mate, I've been to fucking so many times this weekend. <laughs> like, it, it's, uh, normally, I love it, but this time it was just, it was a slog. Um, but I don't know it, what that means. The, the dump? The like, municipal recycling center where you take yeah. all the stuff that you don't want from your house. Yeah. But you called it the, the tip? The tip, because yeah. you tip it out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Look at you guys. Um, but yeah, uh, I I also did that. Uh, so I helped Dad clear out um, some of the garden waste stuff um, and also the garage that the truck is stored in, which had become just covered in six months' worth of shit. Which, like, for anybody else, six months' worth of shit is, like, just a few bits here and there. For mm-hmm. my dad, it's an entire garage worth of shit. Um, so yeah... Uh, I'm now actually able to get in around it. Um, I had the opportunity to work on it on Saturday and I did not do anything to it because I got there and was like, ah, all of the tools that I left here. Oh, excuses, excuses. Now, yeah, there's no tools elsewhere. on the farm. That, that... Uh, it's not a farm, is it? It's kind it's of a, a farm. It's a bungalow. It's full of Land Rovers. <laughs> um, so yeah, I well, it, it was partly that and partly the fact that mum wanted help with garden stuff. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But... This weekend, I will be over the workshop working on the truck, finally, um, to get all that kind of squared away and finished off, which means I can start working on some more of the fun stuff in the truck, um, mm-hmm. which is super good. So I should actually start being able to have stuff that I could talk about again. Um, but the other thing that I did, uh, I mentioned it a little while ago about wanting to get back to taking photos. I really fucking miss taking photos. Oh, but we've seen them. They're so nice, Steve. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I went up to the Ace Cafe in London, which, uh, for those of you that... <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, um, firstly, everywhere is up from where I live. Uh, and secondly, the Ace Cafe is... Um, it's quite a... It's a very, very well-known... Um, meat spot in the uk for car enthusiast well for i say car enthusiasts but like cars and bikes um it started off as a transport calf so it, it literally was just where lorries would stop on their way into or out of london for a brew and a butty sort of thing um but it's it's just you know half the words you're saying nobody knows what you're talking about steve a brew and a butty everyone knows what it's a like your local meet a place for lorries and butties and moes and butties <laughs> Like, what is he on about? Is it a God, meat I... plate? Is it a fucking slaughterhouse? What the fuck is he talking about? M E E T, fuckhead. Um, but yeah, so like pretty much every day of the week, they've got a different car or bike meet um, going on. Um, and first Wednesday of every month is the hot rod night. Um, so I took Joel, my nephew, up. Um, it's the smallest turnout I think I've ever seen there. So I was. I was genuinely a little bit disappointed and I felt kind of bad because we got stuck in traffic and it took us like three hours to get there. Um, so I felt kind of bad for Joel 
but bless him he was so sweet and he was so enthusiastic and he was like no this was totally worth it this is amazing this is the best thing i've ever seen in the uk this is oh, this is so good um so that made me feel a bit better um he took a load of photos on his phone and some of them are absolutely superb um like he he's got a really really good eye for photos um i took a bunch of photos on my camera which were not as good <laughs> um and definitely made me realize how much i want to upgrade my camera um but uh i can't do that yet so it's fine the thing is i would have taken a load with my phone as well but my phone died literally the minute we got there so i just had to leave it in the car on charge um mm. but uh but yeah it was it was really good and it was nice getting back into that kind of flow um and uh just just getting uh, even like sitting down and doing the editing like I'd forgotten how much I miss editing photos um, which sounds I, I realize for most people sounds really stupid but it's a it's a really enjoyable thing for me um, and getting to play around with Lightroom a little bit more the actual desktop app um, finally feeling like it's worth me paying the ridiculous fee every month for um, the I was gonna say the Adobe suite but I've not got the full Adobe suite I've just got the photography one um, but yeah, it feels good to actually start using that um, again. Um, and I've got a few kind of ideas of stuff that I want to do with it, um, but I definitely want to get to a load more shows this year. Um, and it's just nice kind of being out and about taking photos. Um, Which segues ever so nicely into Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, Steve. Oh, that was beautiful. Oh, it's th thanks, mate. Uh, it's, it's really nice to be appreciated. Um, but yeah, In out and about. Um which segues beautifully into today's topic of the outdoors, being outside. Uh, the outdoors. out of doors, yes. Out outdoors. Kind of nature, but not animals. Oh, fuck. Also, sorry, uh, I watched... Talk I, about animals if you want. I, I, I binge watched uh, the latest season of um, Stranger Things as well. Well, the first Ooh. half of it. And oh, I, I I, I'm, is, how many is there? I think I'm three in. Uh, I think there's six in total. No, seven. There's seven in total. Um, and uh, the first few episodes of the new season of The Boys as well. They've really thrown shit at us this past couple of weeks, haven't they? Really mm -hmm. have. Uh, which is why I'm still so far behind on um, Obi-Wan as well. But have you? Have and you probably watched... haven't been spending near enough time outdoors. No, definitely not. Uh, but have, have either of you two watched um, the first episode of The Boys yet? Nope. I tried to force a segue to get out of this already. I know, but... Oh, I just wanted to... When, once you've watched the, the first episode, let me know. Cause, Is this still oh. the show? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. okay. Um, but yeah, the outdoors, out, outside, the, the out of doors. Um, Al? Yeah, yeah, he's a no, freaking uh, so, certified so, scout leader. So, yes, it was it was uh, inspired by the... Um, so normally the scout meet is in uh, the church because that's who lets us use their space. Yeah. It's fine. We don't have to talk about Jesus, but... To give us the space um but then it's so much fucking better and so much more productive when we go outside yeah and they're, they're less distracted there's less fighting there's less whinging um and they seem to be engaged when they're in nature so we had the the, the big huge cub camp uh last week and then this week we had the climbing um and there's just something about being outdoors that just Ch changes the mindset completely and um, it's been super nice weather lately uh and i've been trying to like 
take a laptop outside when I can. Yeah. And I've cleared out the little forge bit, you know, on the back of the shack. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Because it was just full of barbecues and fucking yeah. all sorts of shit. So now there's just the forge and a little table and chairs, and I can nice. sit under there and work yeah. and not be, like, blinded on the, the the screen by the sun. Yeah. And again, it's just the, just, just the simple th- thing of being in fresh air and being outside versus being in a Massive. dingy room staring at a screen. Yeah. Just changes your mindset completely. Um, and then the final thing that just instigated this was the drive today. So I was like, technically, I'm still at work. This was just my afternoon at work. I happened to be yeah. driving to something to, to do work yeah, yeah. and then drive back. But it was just a lovely drive through like the Peak District and like in the Vitara, just up and down hills, like, you know, just really fun. Um, and it just cleansed my soul. Just just going through tree tunnels and seeing fields and clouds. And, yeah. you know, and I don't mean it was a sunny day. I just mean being outside yeah. and not being in concrete. <laughs> yeah, massively. Um, yeah, because, <clears throat> excuse me, like, I know everyone gets super jealous every time I share a photo of, like, the view outside of the, the workshop and shit like that. But the vast majority of the time, I am in a, like, six by ten foot room <laughs> made of OSB. Like... It's it's not great. Like, yes, I take the photos of when I'm outside, but I spend ninety percent of my day in that little room. Um, and uh, even when I'm like forging, like it's still within the workshop thing. And because we've got so many people in there now, um, like it it's, it feels even more insular. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I've been very much craving that kind of that outdoor time recently. Um, which is why tonight when I got back from work, um, or on my way back from work, I swung into the garage and I picked up just a pack of four burgers. Um, I had some charcoal delivered over the weekend. And What kind of charcoal was it, Steve? Just out of interest. It was Whittle and Flame charcoal. Oh, was it? Is, is yeah. that the best charcoal you can get in the UK? It is the best charcoal okay. you can I just, get in the UK. I was just wondering. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. Um, <laughs> and also, how fucking cool is uh, Chops? He's just the nicest dude. Um, but yeah, uh, got some uh, charcoal over the weekend. So actually got the barbecue lit for the first time this year. Well, it's second, third time this year. Um, but actually ate outside, like cooked and ate outside. So I got in, had a mountain of washing up to do and kind of did that. And I was, if I'm perfectly honest, I wasn't feeling at my best. I was feeling a bit, meh, bit, bit drained. Um and not just not at my best um and i kind of was looking going like fuck i i could like the barbecue but i've got to record in an hour i I might as well just fucking do it in the grill and not bother and then no fuck it i'm i bought the burgers to do that with if i was going to do that then i could have just got any other kind of food um so sausages yeah exactly so uh, lit the barbecue um, whilst I was like doing the drying up and that, and uh, and like played around with Murph in the garden and just felt everything just float away and drift off and was like, oh, this is this is it. This is this is what I wanted. And just sat on the because I've got the little slope um, outside the door. I just sat on that uh, through the ball with Murph, um, took his food out and chucked his food out so he could eat it off the grass as well and it was just fucking it was so nice 
and it, like i'd forgotten how um like therapeutic just being outside can be um because it's so easy to just be like oh fuck it i'll just i'll sit down and i'll put the tv on or i'll do this or i'll sit at the computer and do that or whatever um mm-hmm. and actually just being outside was was so nice and like th- i think that's why i love doing the festivals and things like that because mm. it means that we're again working but we're outside that and like again like you said i love um i love driving and i love being on trains and i love mm-hmm. like being in like not looking at four walls all the time um so yeah i think i think it's good and obviously brett at the moment you must be loving it because you're on this little i say little this massive idyllic farm yeah well i didn't tennessee yes i didn't realize uh and maybe this is just timing wise this is how things have been uh being kind of buried out in the desert and then this is the time of the year where the heat really kicks in out there and it's just dry as fuck and there's wind and it's crazy and it's hot so yes, having the air conditioner and, and the inside space has been really nice, but I come here and even though I was here just a couple of months ago, there were no leaves on the trees really. And, mm-hmm. and the grass was very low, you know, and they were still coming out of winter time, but this environment caters to just like being outside and enjoying the weather. It's not so hot. It is more humid here. So I'm like sweaty all day long, but right after I'm done here, we're going to go down to the forge. And I think they're already working on some stuff down there, but, um, you know, pull the forge outside, pull the anvil out. It's nice and overcast. There's green all around us. All the trees are completely full. The grass has grown up. The animals are running around and being all healthy and there's flowers and the sky is beautiful. And these moments of catharsis and really enjoying the outside. I don't know that I've been so aware of because I think often it's like maybe I go back to Kansas to visit family. But then I don't really take it all in because it's kind of for granted, right? I'm like, yeah, I grew up around here. This is just what it looks like all the time. <laughs> but being somewhere different where it's like I have this this friend here and I'm able to come and travel and, and see her and do these fun little adventures. Um, you really take the entire environment in and it adds to the experience. Mm. And every time you guys have talked about the forge feast you know cooking out outdoors at the events and also the forging stuff going on outside um i'm not gonna say jealousy inducing but that's something i've never really experienced right i the only thing i can equate it to is when we did visit the forge and you guys cooked outside for us and we all get to go in and play and then sit in front of a sunset at an (laughs) apple orchard and eat food that was a pretty special experience but that was also wrought with like there's 20 people that all haven't hung out together before. So you kind of don't get to take it all in because there's so much stimulus anyways. Um, so this might be a first good marker of like, oh, yeah, I I think I need to just find periods to be able to go and do this because it's very unlike the events that we talk about, how inspiring and, and invigorating they are. I think this kind of has its own special way of being inspiring yeah. and invigorating. I'm like, oh, yeah, green trees and fresh air. How nice. I mean, there's something to be said about when we went to gyms and set up the forge outside. Yeah. Right. And right. to me, that was a little bit weird, like forges, you know, but like <laughs> that was more of a practicality thing. Yeah. But it was, I think it was the, a, 
luckily a really nice choice because mm. it, it, it kind of meant that you were open and the space was a little bit less intimidating. People could dip in and out more easily. You yeah. know, if you imagine like at the at Al's Forge in the back, in the top bit, it's it's quite a sort of warren yeah. and it's it's quite difficult to go and get involved and you, yeah. you feel like you're in people's way and stuff. But when it's a bit more open, it's a little bit more relaxed. It's a little bit more, I don't know, I kind of felt like it was just less intimidating because yeah, it was out massively. in nature. Um, and it's, 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 yeah, definitely the same with the, um, the, 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 like the, um, the good life and stuff like that, where the festivals and, and, and it's outside. I think, I think, yeah, there's something about working outside. Um, but then there's a flip side to that where it's like, I also see the outdoors as a huge escape. So I don't want it to become this like, oh, just take your laptop outside. <laughs> best yeah. of both worlds it's like no yeah. that's ruining the outdoors by, yeah. by making the outdoors it's like working from home it's like no you're not you're living at work yeah. so <laughs> i yeah i completely agree with that and um because I, I, I think one of the things that i and i've been guilty of it so many times like i i will go out for walks with murph and i'll i almost always have headphones in um and sometimes i need to remember to like go out and stop take my headphones yeah. out and just sit and just enjoy that being mm. being at that because i do it when i'm when i'm at the beach i quite often take Murph for a walk to the beach um and i won't have my headphones in i just i'll just enjoy listening to the waves and i, I just took my sit. vr headset i could play you know <laughs> resident evil is great yeah <laughs> um but yeah like i think actually it's that whole thing of as kind of hippish as it sounds like just allowing yourself to to be in the moment and to live in that moment and not um and to and to appreciate what's what's there because i think it is far too easy to like you say to be like oh i'll take my laptop outside and do that and like you say best of both worlds except it's not because you're not actually giving any attention to mm. to being outside and i think it, mm-hmm. i think that is really important and like brett said like it's great like i absolutely love um being outdoors with a bunch of friends like sitting around a fire one of my favorite memories still to this day is being at the good life and at the end of the day after everything was done sitting on a a, a wall that was like two inches off the floor so fuck knows why yeah uh but sitting there with a, a couple glasses of whiskey and a cigar with al um and just chilling out and just just enjoying being outside um but yeah I, I think it is important to to kind of take that that time i mean you look at fucking chris at the moment chris cash like just dicking about up and down on the river like how fucking glorious is that <laughs> like i i mean that's why that's why i love taking murph to to the beach or to um like morton ford or somewhere like that like and it's not a case of um being all fucking hippie-ish and like connecting with nature and all that but it's just no. It's allowing yourself to remove distractions from, or remove the distractions of everything else, and just um, just concentrate on that, like what's in the immediate area, rather mm-hmm. than going. Oh well, I'm I'm sat in a like little flat in the middle of Somerset, but I'm also communicating with someone that's the other side of the world and i'm doing this and i'm doing that and there's 14 million other things happening all the time and mm-hmm. yeah just just taking that break and i think being outside is a really good way of doing that 
Yeah. Well, let me wrap this back around to your new photography or not new, but like you're wrapping back into your photography. Um, it was a kind of a principle or approach we talked about in classes during university, but you ever look at a, uh, a photo that's maybe been doctored slightly, uh, next to its undoctored version where something man-made exists in the photo and then they just erase it out and it yeah. changes the entire vibe and tone and everything that that photo is saying is now the appreciation of this completely untouched and there's no man-made structures or, or anything industrial existing in it. It's just nature, like pure, full-on, uncontrolled. This is just what it looks like. I think you're right uh, with what you had just said, but it, it just reminds me of this approach of like what it means to go and get lost in the woods. You know, Al, Al talked about um, when we were talking to Trent and we were talking about old growth forests and stuff like yes. that. And as this experience that I've never really had of standing next to these giant trees and being mm. kind of miles away from everything, I'm still looking for that experience to happen at some point in the near future because I think at the core, what is very inspiring and very kind of like cathartic and you have this kind of eye-opening experience is when there's no other man-made structures around and you are completely engulfed by nature and you realize kind of the raw power of it and the fact that it will survive and last much longer than us and like all the things at home and bills. You're like, trees don't pay bills. They don't even give a <laughs> shit. Bills are made of trees and that's not okay. Um, I, I very often uh, find myself like, like seeking out those experiences in nature to specifically get away from other people, right? I, I think in the past I've always equated it to just like, oh, I don't like people, so I like to go be alone somewhere. I like to go sit in quiet. I think it has a lot more to do with uh, not, not wanting there to be any um, like bleed over, right? I want to go as far away from everything else that I see in the day-to-day. And a lot of that has to do with industrialization or, or anything mechanical. I want to go, even if it is the rocks of the desert and the sand, you see a couple lizards and a coyote walk by with not a care in the world and it's a thousand degrees outside. And they're just like, yeah, I just live here, man. Just like, Don't worry <laughs> about it. Everything's fine. It's kind of an eye-opening experience. Yeah. I, I think like one of the, one of the other things about like to, to kind of tie this into the whole idea of making and and that like one of the things that i love about being outside and and being especially like if you're camping or if you're you know staying in the woods or whatever is that that idea of going out and you know you take maybe a pen knife or a leatherman or just an axe or whatever and being able to make something with just what's there so you know set up a little campfire and then find some hazel cut it down and either make like twisted bread or like make a little tripod or a spit out of just bits of hazel so you can cook stuff off of it and all this and just doing it with what you find there and that like even if you're just out in a fucking park and you're making daisy chains or you know doing whatever or doing the the whole fucking thing with the reed that i can't do where you go and make the funny yeah. noises yeah. um but yeah it, it's that kind of that idea of um not just relying on uh, technology or tools or whatever just going i'm i'm out here i'm just going to enjoy like that that 
really simple thing like fucking uh what's his name the uh the guy that you spiffed ages ago al uh the russian guy fuck oh yeah building his own cabin yeah. and everything like oh that. yes yeah. yes uh, I, I want to say practical engineer, but he's not practical. Nope. <laughs> I know. I know. Him. I know. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah, you go out yeah, in the woods guy. and make an Oreo dispenser. Yeah. yeah. That and what wheels? Fucking yes. Because sorry. Uh, so, uh, hunter gather cook um, did a thing. Uh, they've done it a few times now, where they basically sp- like have a a hog on a spit that's powered by a water wheel, um, and it's just literally just some bits of hazel attached to a, another thing with a paddle in the uh, water, like an old paddle steamer paddle um, in a really slow moving stream and it's fucking great and it's just so simple but it works so well um, and yeah like I love the idea of like cooking like that I think that's why I like like fire cooking and outdoor cooking because it's a bit more um <sighs> It, it, it's less reliant on things being exactly right and using the exact r- right heat and the exact right amount of time. Like, so mm-hmm. you're not going like, uh, it, you, the oven has to be at 253 degrees Fahrenheit. And Primitive technology. Yes. Wait, Come no. back in full force, yeah. by the way. No, primitive technology is a different guy. He's not the Russian guy. Oh, the Russian guy. Yes. Fuck. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah. But yeah, basically, I think like that's that's nice. The idea of doing like simple stuff where you're not having to be accurate about it. Agree. And I was I was thinking about Murph as usual. Um, and when you take sort of house pets outside, and they just go mental for the like the stimulus. Yeah. And Murph's like, oh, I'm going to smell this. I'm going to smell this. I'm going to smell everything, right? And I was thinking about all your senses. And what gets stimulated when you go outside? Yeah. So all the, all the wonderful things that you like smell. So the fresh air, the plants, the flowers that'll be seasonal and different. Even different times of day, there's different flowers that you smell. The smell of grass, even like the smell of liquidized shit when they're muck spreaded. <laughs> right. It's rank, but it's like fuck yeah, I'm outside. Yeah, <laughs> I can smell the shit. Um, and the sounds of birds and water and wind and everything that's just like you, you don't hear inside feeling textures of stone and bark and grass and like taking your feet off and just walking on the grass and like taking your feet off taking your feet off and walking <laughs> on the grass and using them to walk as hands on little sticks yeah um and tasting things so i've got this really bad habit and it probably wasn't helped by going on that foraging thing of eating everything i see yeah when i when i'm outside like, yeah. what, is this plant edible? Remember these, you know. Um, but even is this plant edible? Like, no, no, no. But no. even like, I would pick up a stone and like taste the stone. Yeah. Because it's like it's delicious. Um, and different lighting, different fucking lighting at different yeah. times of day outside is just incredible for your eyes and your stimulation. And I'm not stuck under fluorescent strip lights the entire time. Yes. And the colors of plants, uh, all the flowers that you see. Things that move. <laughs> Nothing moves inside. Yeah. So you basically your brain's not being fucking stimulated. You go outside, everything moves. And there's things with pace. There's things that move fast. There's clouds that move huge and slow and lumbering. Um, so all these things are not being stimulated when you're inside. But when you go outside, it's like 
everything's elevated and your whole brain is being used properly like it's supposed to be and all your sensations being used properly so there's this romantic ideal of being outside but it's also like my body needs it yeah <laughs> when you're indoors you literally it's the same like i go to work i smell the same fucking smells at work there's the receptionist wears the same fucking perfume every day i smell the coffee machine i smell the carpets at work and it's the same yeah and nothing is in nothing is of interest and it's to the point where it's like those trigger the response that i'm at work now mm-hmm. yeah because i hear the sound and i smell those smells and you know it's like fucking hell i'm back in this loop again but then do you think maybe the like being outside is triggering that kind of i'm outside i'm in relaxation mode so do you not necessarily that- relaxation I, 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 don't, I don't i don't my my outtake of this is not outside equals relax yeah my outside my outtake is outside equals good and that could be, you know, exciting, different, yeah. uh, kind of stressful, like you get lost. You know, I've never been lost in the office. <laughs> <laughs> but you go outside and you walk down the wrong path and you're like, fuck, I don't know where I'm going. This is yeah. great. Um, so I think I think relaxation is one side of it, but I think there's yeah. all these different ways that you get stimulated. I say, because like, the reason I ask is because I obviously grew up on a farm i grew up in in the countryside mm. like some of those smells that you were talking about got me thinking like uh the last couple of weeks we've had um we've had all the farmers out doing silaging yeah there's been and... some stranger robots <laughs> <laughs> and like that that smell of um, like cut <laughs> cut grass and, and 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 then everything else that goes with that like has it reminded me of actually you know what they were fucking hard days because mm. you'd you'd be up at sparrow fart and you'd work until well we used to have to work until probably about 11 o'clock because at that point our head the headlights on the tractors just weren't enough that we were able to keep working these guys now they're staying out till two three in the morning because they've got massive tractors with huge amounts of headlights on so they're able to keep going but you know you you would literally get like five hours sleep a night and that would be it um, as opposed to figuratively get five hours of sleep <laughs> exactly uh, but um, but yeah you know you you it, w- it would be a really stressful really um, hard working time but alright the outdoors are shit fucking no, hell no, fucking right no you've, you've, no, you've, fuck off. you've persuaded me fucking shut up you dickhead those three um, weeks a year you had to work as a farmer <laughs> fucking three weeks BA um, but like it was still a really enjoyable time. Like it, the the like, y- yes, you were just sat in a fucking greenhouse on wheels, but it was still enjoyable. You were still out doing stuff. It, and again, that that just being outside and seeing different sights and mm. and you know, I, I I honestly can't can't figure out what it is other than just being outside as a general term. But, if, but even even so something as simple nicer. as opening the windows yeah suddenly there's like air movement and sound and like i'm just getting more and more plants in the house yeah just because they make me feel good yeah like you know not in not like you say not in a hippie way no there's obviously something beneficial about it yeah (laughs) it's like just just fucking the fact that i can open the window and go to sleep with the window open Mm. now so much nicer like i love sleeping with the window open yeah because you get that that constant flow of fresh air like in the winter it's shit because it gets like it's cold but stuffy and it's like that 
Yeah. How, Sleep how with the window open work? and just get another blanket. <laughs> yeah. This is got a good idea. Um, but yeah, like I think that that whole thing of um, of just be, like being able to work because, like I say, like even even in fucking autumn and winter, like moving fences when it's pissing down rain and it's like the wind and rain is coming in fucking sideways. Like it was, st- I'd still much rather be doing that than sat in an office. And I think like that was one of the things like when I was when I was doing office work, that was one of the things that was going through my head the whole time. It's like, even in the shitty weather, I'd still rather be outside. Um, and I don't know, I, I don't know why. I I, th- I think, but is everything better with the risk of lowering the tone? Um, is food, is eating better outside? Like, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily just have like a few crackers and like a tomato and sit on the dining table. But if I had that outside, he'd be like, this is fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this tomato is so nice. And oh, I love crackers. Remember crackers? It's like... I love the fact that you've described my lunch for the last, like, three years. But but take that shit outside, Steve. It's a picnic. And all of a sudden it's fun and it's enjoyable and you you regress a little bit and it's everything's less serious and less formal and less like, ooh, am I using the right cup? Like, fuck it. No, I'm using the cup I brought. And I'm yeah. going to rinse it out and then use it again. <laughs> well, that, like that's the thing is that you. So you think about like when we're at the Good Life and stuff like that, like the the tin cups that uh, when you're going camping or anything, like you, you'll have one tin cup and you'll use that for your morning brew, for brushing your teeth, for having a cider, for having a whiskey, for having a fucking cup of soup, like everything. It's all out of that one fucking cup because Kevin Costner and Rene Russo, 1995. <laughs> um. He's such a dick, um, but yeah, like it, like, yeah. I think it's that that thing of it it being less less formal and less um, con- constrained, I guess. Because it, it, like I I still keep going back in my head to what you were saying about um, it being so much more welcoming when we were at gyms doing the the forging thing, and it's it's very very true, and I really like that. And I kind of want to explore that a little bit more, like the idea that you know, without having walls blocking off mm. a a distinct area, it becomes more welcoming. Because I think yeah, even yeah. having even having like ropes around it would yeah, have, yeah. to an extent, blocked it off a little bit. But mm-hmm. it still would have been more more open. Well, it, it, that's that's a spatial thing as well as an outdoors thing as well, isn't yeah. it? Like. If you imagine in, I mean, without the chaos, but like at the NEC, if you weren't in a barrier, yeah. it'd be much more yeah. opening and welcoming. There's not people queuing. It doesn't feel as yeah. formal and stuff. But I, I just wanted to flip it a little bit towards Brett because obviously when me and you talk about the outdoors, Steve, we mean the twee English countryside. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time it's 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 temperate yeah. and it might get a bit wet. <laughs> but Brett, where you live, it's like Arctic conditions... Going out in the middle of the day in the middle of summer might kill you. Um, <laughs> huge mountains, massive valleys, you know, like it's it's the extreme conditions, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The outdoors. And there's also wild animals that could probably eat you in mm-hmm. your country. So I want your take on outdoors is maybe be might be you know, maybe people's rendition of outdoors in Australia and and uh, Dubai might be a little bit different. It's like we never go outdoors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outdoors I mean, equals yeah. death. <laughs> talking, talking to anybody that like lives in the bush, I feel like you have 
two different people that come from Australia were like, why would I ever live out there? Everything can kill me. And then the person that lives out there that's like, I can kill everything. <laughs> um, it, as far as it goes in the States and like, yeah, my current living conditions are very extreme to where the only animals that live out there are terrifying, you know, for the most part, aside from the Gary's obviously, but like mm. the fact that they can survive out there yep. speaks volumes about how uh, capable they are about, I don't know, finding and foraging food. If it wasn't for us having, you know, water and plumbing and everything like that, I don't think anybody could really survive out there. I mean, we have desert rats that put a shack up on some empty land and somehow survive. So it is possible, but it is very extreme and kind of hazardous to do. But I also came from, like I said earlier, I came from a, a state that was very much like Tennessee that I'm standing in right now, where you go through the actual differing weather conditions and the seasons and things like that. And you get to see and experience all of these different things throughout the year. The desert is tough and definitely takes some, some grit, not to pun on the sand thing, but <laughs> takes a bit of grit to be able to survive out there and, and just kind of plan your day around the heat and the cold. And then when the high winds kick up, I had a light get blown off the back of my house a week ago because it's the highest winds I've ever experienced since I was out there. And going outside is not something you want to do on those days. You're like, absolutely not. I want to go hide in a cave somewhere. So when when you're asking me, like, I don't know, there were bears in upstate New York. You guys never got to experience that. But Mike, the fireman, talked about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I see bears all the time. You know, I go sit in my thing. The idea of being able to go outside, I think there's still certain comfort levels that people will create. It's why they choose to live where they choose. You know, we have a really diverse climate and wilderness across the United States. So if you meet somebody that lives in one of these more extreme environments, I feel like it very much caters to a certain personality of, you know, you might get the bushcraft guy that's like, well, but I can walk five minutes behind my house and be in total wilderness. And then I get to play around with all the toys that I bought. It's something very different to talk to the bushman in the middle <laughs> of Australia. That's like, oh yeah, how cute that you were able to go and pick that up from a hardware store. <laughs> I made this out of sticks and dug a well over a week, you know, and like hidden a kangaroo's pouch to make this happen. I don't know what that's, I don't know how, how far I could go. And I feel like I've pushed myself to kind of try to exist in these different environments and gain something from doing those little adventurous, like, let's see how far we can push it. Let's push the boundaries a little bit more. I am going to go work outside when it's 110 and see what happens. Oops, almost had a heat stroke. Guess I shouldn't <laughs> do that. <coughs> but you guys, you guys have both traveled around. Um, do you think, do you think it has a lot to like people's comfort level? And how far outside of their, their like comfort zones. Um, do you think that speaks to the personality? Or do you think you can judge somebody by how comfortable they are being in the outdoors? Ooh, yes, see, asterisk. Yeah. Yes, asterisk. Okay. Because <laughs> like even like... Al, if I met Al, didn't know him from Adam. And he was just like, oh yeah, I'm a scout leader. And like last week we were on a 40 foot canoe. You know, doing stuff and be like, oh, this is a guy who likes the outdoors. Like, probably build a fire for me if I needed to. And that, while that's not wrong, I just don't know a lot about him. And also the way he looks is like, you clearly <laughs> spend a lot of time not around people. 
But Steve, on the other hand, anytime you show a photo of the apple orchard near the forest, I'm like, oh, those guys basically exist way out in the middle of nowhere with no neighbors. <laughs> and then you actually, we hang out there and you're like, no, 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 we have to shut down at seven because the neighbors get really yeah. upset and we have to keep everybody happy. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> so can you judge the person by their, by their comfort level? See, I... Or where they exist, maybe. I, I, I don't think you can because there there are plenty of people that, that like in this like my literally my next door neighbor uh she she lived in this lovely twee little village but she fucking hated it yeah she did <laughs> she absolutely fucking hated it and she couldn't exist because she'd spent breaking news life. old person hates things yeah <laughs> but she spent most of her life like in a kind of very controlled environment and she mm. didn't like it like the amount of people that when we had the farm that would move down to the countryside and and complain about the smell or complain <laughs> that there was cow shit on the road and it's like the fucking countryside what do you expect um so i think like but even with people that grow up in those environments like you're still going to get um diversity of, of personality um uh i i think there is there's certainly stereotypes that you can um, that you can draw on, but I think overall it's like we're we're now so able to tailor our environment to what we want. I don't think you can do it by the the climate. Like I, but I I say that as someone yeah. that will fully judge um, a person based on like their. Um, sorry, Brett's just beat his pants. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, no, I have a tick somewhere that is not comfortable for me right now. And I'm just <laughs> right there you are, you little fuck. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know who's editing this, but I, I really hope this stays in. Don't don't worry about my belt. <laughs> um, Good Lord. What was I saying? Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, with, with regards to kind of uh, all, like that question, like I, I say this is someone that will fully judge someone based on how they act in the outdoors like and i i it's an aspect of my personality that i don't like and i don't want to promote and i don't want to um nurture but i do i i know that i do it i can remember watching um can you remember the the tv show where the it was like a group of guys and a group of girls got dumped on desert islands and they had to survive and yeah. But it was like Love Survivor? Island. Love Island. Yeah, something like that. Um, but it was Naked like on, and Afraid. Okay. It was on uh, T four in on a Saturday or something. Um, but I can remember watching that and seeing the way that one of the guys was swinging an axe and just being like, "You don't deserve to to be there." Like, what the fuck? Like, and like I say, it's it's not a, an aspect of my personality that I'm particularly proud of, but I fully will judge someone based on those things based on their ability to to just do like the most basic things in terms of of survival um and being able to to look after oneself um because it's it's something that's so innate and second nature to me that it's it's baffling that people can't do that but then it's the same thing as i i think i told the story a few weeks ago about the guy that um uh, like cold called uh, the farm and couldn't understand the fact that dad was out milking and I spent an hour on the phone describing to him what milking and like how farms work like it 
and there was nothing wrong with with not having that experience but as someone that grew up in that environment it is very hard to not um to not judge someone for that and like i say it's it's not it's not a good thing but yeah we get it you're judgmental and um, when we were at school we used to, we used to have a fucking apartheid basically for people that were <laughs> in the countryside and people that were from the town yeah um and it was townies and yokels yeah and it was always done in a derogatory way towards the us country folk right yeah and the townies were the the cool ones who had the trainers and and but it, it was it, it was it, it was endemic right it was like the 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 PE teachers would would segregate and really? it would be like yeah townies on this side yokels on that side Fuck you know. yeah yeah um and but basically it was like who's good at stuff <laughs> you know who's good at cross country who's good at rugby who's good at football yeah. who's you know it's all these things and it's like well actually what 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 are we trying to say here i know what you mean like you don't want to judge people but i think there's a in answer to your original question brett there's a certain tenacity about someone who is willing to um put themselves through the outdoor experience yeah it's like i'm gonna get messy i'm gonna ruin my clothes i'm gonna come home wet and tired and miserable and sunburned and blistered and you know but Mm -hmm. there must be a reason why i'm doing this yeah i'm I'm not like a sadist and i'm not doing it because you know i'm trying to prove a point it's like there must the 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 net gains must be more Mm. from that experience Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make it doesn't mean that you're better because you you can hack the outdoors or you're stronger or tougher or anything i don't mean that like i've I've been in experiences with city folk in the country and they love it. Yeah. You know, they're just, their skin's a bit softer and, you know, and they get, the, they blister more easy, but at the end of the day, they fucking love it and they're glad they did it. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with the, like the kids and the scouts. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to touch that. But when they get stuck in, they love it. Yeah. And it just takes a bit of bravery and a bit of, and it's because it's, it's not normal. We're used to it because we're country folk. Exactly. It's all it is. I think that that's a lot of it. Like it, it's all down to, uh, to to your experiences and, and and what you consider to be kind of normal. Because like it's like when of, they showed me a light bulb for the first time. I was like, what the fuck's this? <laughs> but uh, but it, it is true. It's like it's just completely different um, experiences. It's the same with with like making. Like yeah, you, know, you can have someone that's like because we get it in. Uh, in the class or we used to get it in the classes all the time people that had never picked up at all in their life and they they uh absolutely loved the idea of, of doing it but they had no experience and it was so distracting <laughs> such a dick um but yeah like they they had zero experience with anything even remotely practical but they got really stuck in and you know these guys they were working way harder than the guys that were and i had way more respect for them than the guys that were doing it um all the time because one of the classes that i i will never remember uh, never forget this image and it was a class of i think it was six students and a couple of them were like uh i think they were one of them was a bricklayer one of them was something else where he worked i think it was a stonemason actually um but one of the other guys was a he worked on um nuclear reactors um incredibly intelligent guy um but never really picked up actual hand tools um and by the 
halfway through the second day. What kind of nuclear reactor is this? Well, yeah, as in he did like the designing and all, and all of that. Like he, it's not like he was. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, by the end of the second day, or halfway through the second day, he had li- like because we used to put um, electrical tape uh, over any blisters um, to stop them getting any worse, and on his hammer hand or I think yeah I think it was his hammer hand he had literally a bit of black tape over every segment of his fingers um, and like even on the palm of his hand and everything. basically his entire hand was covered in black tape but he had the biggest smile on his face <laughs> like he, he had fucking blood coming out from under quite a lot of these bits of black tape but this massive grin and he was trying he was sweating his bollocks and like, the axe that he made it wasn't the best axe in the world but I was more proud of him than any of the other guys that were, you know, they, they were fine with the hammer because they had calluses already and all of that. But it was so much harder for him because he didn't have that experience. He didn't have that conditioning. Um, and he fucking he worked his ass off because he wanted to. And I think that's an important thing to remember because it's like you said about um, like the idea of like, being used to going out and, and getting like one of my favorite times to walk Murph is in autumn when it is sideways rain. I love going up on Ham Hill when it's fucking howling down, going out with him, knowing full well that we're both going to get piss wet through. Um, jump in the car, come back, get out of the soggy clothes, put on some nice warm stuff, and have a uh, like nice bowl of soup at the end of it or whatever. But and like a lot of for a lot of people, like the the enjoyment they get is that that kind of payoff at the end of it. But for me, I I fucking love like mm. standing in that horrible howling rain as well. It's it's an enjoyable thing for me. And I, there's, I don't there's, know why. There's, there's one thing I want to end on. And is I'll, it let, I'll let you segue, Steve. So in this community, uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 no, um, it's basically to your point about being in the pissing rain. Mm. There's something utterly magical about swimming in the rain i don't know what it is and i can't describe it and i can't recreate the feeling and i can't work out what the combination of sensations is but it's cold you know normally you swim because it's hot or it's nice and you're on holiday in the mediterranean you know but it being cold and miserable and raining but you're in the water i don't know why it works but it does yeah um and that's for me is like the 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 epitome of outdoors. Yeah, is swimming while it rains. Yeah, I I must admit we when we uh, when we were kids we had a like a pool in the on the farm. I say we had a pool. It was literally some straw bales with some black plastic sheet over the top, filled up with water. Um, but cool. yeah, yeah, exactly. It was fucking great. But we used to swim lengths of that and. Like one of my favourite times ever was being out in that, and possibly not like I wouldn't really recommend this to people, but being out in that during a thunderstorm was fucking brilliant. In fact, it was spiffing. Everyone knew that was coming. People that we think that are spiffing. Uh, in which case, uh, I'm going to go first. Um, so I am going to spiff an audio book, um, but also the author slash narrator. Um, so I spent this week, I 
picked up uh, a few weeks ago, I think. Um, it's Will Wheaton's um, his like updated autobiography. Um, so in the early two thousands, he released a autobiographical book called Just a Geek, which was part uh, biography, part a collection of his blog posts um and this latest one is that plus some more blog posts but he's also annotated it um and it gets really confusing when you listen to the audiobook but um it's essentially like him rereading this stuff from uh this book from 2002 i think it was um where he's talking about stuff that he wrote in the 90s um and he's reading it all out, but also kind of annotating it, saying, like, here's a bit more information about this. Here's why what I said is an incredibly bad thing to say. And I'm, I apologize profusely to anyone involved in this. Um, or, like, I didn't realize this at the time, but this was due to my mental illness or this was due to whatever. Um, and it's just a, a really um, kind of refreshing uh take on things like he's he's an incredibly open and honest person um and he's he's fully admitting and owning his his mistakes and fuck ups and, and previous misgivings um and he you know he he fully says himself like he's not perfect he he's just constantly striving to be better than he was um and yeah there's some really really uh good heartfelt stuff in it and like quite a few things where where I've kind of stopped and gone fuck that's mm. yeah that, that like yeah that's made me think sort of thing and also a load of like stupid poop and fart jokes sort of thing now like, you're talking my language oh there we go. that's so um, up your and we're back in the room <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like lo- lots of like little behind the scenes trivia and stuff like that but also just some um some yeah really heartfelt stuff and it, it, like i say i think in terms of uh being honest about um like his experience with uh abuse and um poor mental health and things like that um it was just a i don't, I don't know if i'd say a, a refreshing take but it, it was refreshingly honest take on things um mm-hmm. and i just really like the way that he's done it and he's not tried to um to kind of brush under the carpet any of the fuck ups. Like there's there's literally points where he's he's mid sentence reading something out, and he said something, and he's just gone, "Oh, Will, for fuck's sakes! Like, what were you thinking, dude?" And yeah, it's just it's a really interesting perspective, and it kind of made me think, like, how often do I look at like Facebook posts from twelve years ago and f- go? fucking hell Steve mm-hmm. what the fuck were you talking about um, Steven. so yeah I think it's it's very good and it's on audible and if you've got a spare credit it's it'll kill 23 and a half hours if nothing else so mm-hmm. yeah go check it out um, Brett you are next yeah short spiff re-spiff because I know we've mentioned him before but if anybody missed it uh primitive technology basically disappeared for two years i think perfectly timed on the pandemic stuff not 100 percent sure on that but just a month or so ago he started posting videos again and 
everybody thought it was like, oh my God, are we going to get one like regularly or question mark? Um, but he's, he's actually posting what seems to be regularly again, and they're enjoyable as always. Just watch somebody sit in silence. And the suggestion that I don't know was ever mentioned when we re-spiffed in the past is turn on the closed captioning because even though there's no uh, audio or anything that he's saying, he actually types out what he's doing. So they're full descriptions, but you have to turn on the closed captioning um, or the subtitles or whatever. And he actually gives you the entire process of how he's working through things and measurements and why he does things the way that he does. So if you want to learn a little bit more of his approach and his, his outdoorsiness, uh, yeah, give him a watch. He's, he's back, it seems like. I have a mid-spiff life hack. Go on. You might not know this, but YouTube unsubscribes you from channels without your permission or knowing. Um, and it will do this if you don't interact with uh, videos. So if you don't like or comment or things on YouTube channels for a certain amount of time, it will unsubscribe you. And I only found this out very recently. <laughs> so you might be sitting there thinking, why haven't I seen anything from this channel in a while? Or why haven't this or why is this not in my feed? Because that's what YouTube does, because it's a massive cunt. So just double check that you are still subscribed to some of your potentially favorite YouTube channels. Um Is there anywhere that you I was wondering why you didn't mention that you were in my last video, Al. Well this is it, you see, Brett. <laughs> Is there a list anywhere where it shows, like, we've unsubscribed you from all of these channels? I think it just does it sneakily, sneakily, and rather annoyingly, and you go, hang on, I'm oh, obviously subscribed dear. to that channel, why is that not, ah, uh, resubscribe. I think hitting the bell helps and all that shit, Yeah. Um, and turning on all notifications. Um, but I, so I watch the 90% of my YouTube on my TV, so I don't interact with it. You yeah. know, I don't comment or like or anything because it's on my TV. It's not like I'm sitting watching on a laptop. Um, so just a word of warning. And if you're wondering, what, if anyone's wondering why, that's what YouTube does. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a two spiffs. Am I allowed two spiffs? You can you can double spiff if you want. I'd like to spiff the magnificent Caro um, for making a yes. sign for Jurassic Park. Yes. It's called Jurassic Park. Even if it's not called Jurassic Park, I don't care. It's Jurassic Park. Um, mm-hmm. If you asked me when I was a kid what I wanted to be when I grow up, it would be somebody Jurassic who Park. makes things for Jurassic Park. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought you were going to say Jeff Goldblum. So I, well, I, yeah, I also kind of am um, Jeff Goldblum. Um, <laughs> but it would be, yeah, a, a grown adult who makes things that are to do with Jurassic Park and gets paid for it. <laughs> so yep. Carol's living the dream, and to see a picture of something she made with Jeff Goldblum in front of it just was fantastic to see um and i'm wondering what happens to these things after the berlin premiere of jurassic 7 i, I think if i if i uh, remember my details correctly i think they actually get put in a box and sent to leeds i heard this yes yeah um, uh, so address in the description um, <laughs> yeah so that's my first biff um and my second spiff is tenuous, but this is tools of tools. Um, sometimes cars get left outside. <laughs> yes. Um, and Tom. I didn't even try and link mine. Tom, who is the um, 
vehicle rescue guy transporter who brings me all my Vitaras from various corners of the United yeah. Kingdom. Um, he sent me a link to a YouTube channel called Baxenden. Baxenden Breakers. And Baxenden is a tiny village uh, outside of Blackburn in Lancashire. Um, and Baxenden Breakers basically just get any old rusty shitbox brought to them and they see if they can start it and get it going. And it's wonderful. Um, that's all there is to it. Like really, like basically Ooh, the latest one he picked up. Spectre Mark yeah. One Barn Find. So the latest. Yeah. Um, so Tom, whenever Tom picks up a, a, a an interesting car from around the country, he will post it on his Instagram account. And there's some yeah. beautiful hot rods and like lovely classic cars. Why have you not sent me Tom's Instagram before? What's um, his Instagram? Uh, Th Automotive. Okay. Don't you carry on. I'm just going to look him up on Instagram now. Uh, T.H underscore automotive underscore leads. Um, damn underscores. And the car is the first car on his feed, uh, which is a Mark 1 Escort. And as you can see, it's basically folded in half. It's that fucked. Wow. And he's like, oh, they'll get it started. <laughs> wow. I mean, the amount, like, Jesus. So is this a triple spiff? Have I not spiffed Tom before? So Tom... No, you haven't. He's a great guy who who transports cars all around the country. Some are nineteen ninety three Suzuki Vitaras. Some are actually cars worth things and a really interesting, beautiful, you know, Datsun two forty Z car, old classics. Um, sometimes he's just transporting like a new car that somebody's bought and they don't yeah. want the mileage. Um, uh, I'm just see, looking down. Series Land Rovers, you know, anything you want. I just- I'm just looking down through to see if he's put a photo up of any of your cars. He has, but it was like part of a, a carousel. Uh, okay. So it, 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 I am on there somewhere, but it was like something more interesting and compelling first. Oh, Sirocco. Ooh. Anyway, this wasn't my spiff. This has turned into a trip spiff. Um, my actual spiff is Baxenden <gasps> Breakers. Is that a, an F? Why is he transporting an F1 car? It, I'd say no, no car is too big or too small or too expensive. He's got lawnmowers there. Don't worry about it, Steve. That's fucking... Oh. Model oh. T Ford. JCB. Oh, look at that Jag. Yeah. X-Wing. Mm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> good um, Alan Partridge reference there. Um, sorry, yes. Sorry, everyone. I got distracted looking at cars. Baxton. Baxton Car Breakers also looks Baxenden. Baxenden. B-A-X-E-N-D-E-N. Yes, that one. The uh, village of. Isn't it Accrington? Yeah. Scrapyard tour. Ooh. Um, sorry, I, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted had, and overexcited. He had some pre-workout three days ago, which is just Fuck gym talk for coffee. I, anyway, think that Brett wants to go. Guys, I got a really tight finish on this one. Can we, <laughs> can we wrap it up? Uh, right. So, is there any other business from either of you? Definitely not any from Brett. Just that, that look of, of dismay. He's dying to get outside. <laughs> That's what it is! He wants to go out and enjoy the great outdoors. Um, so, if you want to find us, uh, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al out the back. Out the back, Shaq! <laughs> In his little new area that he's cleaned out. Also, uh, I know we talked about um, 
love sorry Brad, love, i'm trying love death and sex robots um yes and how good the jibaro one was oh so good i also really like um night of the mini dead yes tiny <laughs> tiny people like night yeah, of the tiny really mini yes. dead. so good I, did, did you see the we that we don't need to talk about that. No. Brett needs to go. Let's go. Um, shoot, let's go. Off, Brett. Yeah, let's I'm go. going. Woo! Uh, if you want to find us as a group, you can find us at uh, Forwards with Talks or FWT Podcast in places. Uh, but for now, we, we have to go because Brett's so annoyed with us. I want to go outside. I'm staring at trees. Um, uh, yes. Uh, so until next time, we oh, love oh, you. Oh, I've got uh, go. one piece of ALB. No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Fuck it, prick. Uh, go out and enjoy the outdoors. Um, Bye! thank you so much i appreciate it please go play with everybody and um make sure hammers are being swung